Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. As we continue this morning, we look at uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 11. This is what we find. God's word says, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron, not in the order of the law, the Levitical law. Well, there's a couple things here. Some people don't think that Jesus was necessary, that Jesus had to come. Some people believe that if you just did the right things, if you were all about rules, the law, good works, then you are okay if perfection comes. Well, perfection, it means accomplishment or fulfillment. So we have to understand that if perfection had been completed through human means, through mankind, then it would be fine. But there needed to be something more. There needed to be someone more. This word perfection, accomplishment, fulfillment, if it could have all been redeemed through people, then there would have been no need for Jesus to say, it is finished on the cross. Maybe I'm getting a little too detailed, but I just want to uh, draw your attention to a few things. Hebrews 7:11. This is from the message, uh, I'm sorry, from the amplified version. This is kind of like a built-in commentary. Uh, they just add words uh, to give greater definition. And if you say, "Oh, it's an evil Bible because the Bible says not to add words to it." It does say that in the book of Revelation. So that's probably a topic for a whole another day, but uh, I enjoy the Amplified Version. It gives clarity for me, at least when I read. Now, if perfection, a perfect fellowship between God and the worshiper, had been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for under the people were given the law, what further need was there for another and different kind of priest to arise, one in the manner of Melchizedek, rather than one appointed in order of Aaron, one appointed in Aaron. This was not based on your lineage. This was not based on royalty. This is not based on who you knew or who you paid off. This is based on the order of Melchizedek, what we want to have God accomplish in and through us. In the Wesleyan denomination, in the holiness tradition, there's a word or two words that kind of struck fear in people. It was entire sanctification. It was holiness. It was this thought of be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. This is found in uh, Matthew 5, 48. There was this thought of entire sanctification meant earthly perfection, which it does not mean. It does not mean that you're going to be perfect in thought, word, and action by your own strength. It does give us hope that with Jesus, we can live differently. We can renew our mind and we can change our behavior because God has changed our heart. This be perfect, it means to exist, to be present, perfect, to mature, to be finished, to complete its work. This is what God is desiring for us to do, is to clean, uh, complete its work. So this also comes from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Love Your Enemies, and we find 
In a word, what I'm saying is grow up your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. This is what God wants us to remember that he desires for us to be like him, not out of our own ambition, our own thought, our own struggle. It's going back to verse one, uh, verse 11. If perfection could have been attained, it cannot without Jesus. And this is John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is why we need Jesus. We need to live in him. We have to understand James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. This is not manufactured by humans good thinking or great intentions it can only be done through who jesus is and so we read again hebrews 7 11 and 12 if perfection could have been attained through the levitical priesthood and indeed the law given to people established that priesthood why was there still a need for another priest to come if you could accomplish it in your own strength if you could be a self-made person why would we need jesus well because you can't become those things in your own strength, in your own wisdom. It does not matter how many degrees, how much money is in your bank account, how many vehicles, how much influence. We all need Jesus. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. Verse 12, for when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. This is uh, so good. And this is what reminds me of Matthew 5.17 that we concluded with last week. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I have not come to abolish them, but to fill them. The, Jesus is saying that, man, what you thought was right, what you thought was going to happen, what you thought all of your good works, your good deeds, your actions was going to produce, that's not it. Only the true freedom of knowing me as Lord and Savior of your life, not just believing, but following me, following after, learning the discipline that I would have you grow up in. This is how you are going to accomplishment. In the Amplified Version, it says, Do not think that I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to full." Fill, that should say fulfill. What a great hope that we have knowing that Jesus came to fulfill such things. This is Hebrews 7, 13. He who, of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. <coughs> Excuse me. What does that mean? You might be thinking, Jeff, I just logged on. I just found you on Facebook. My friend just sent this to me and a different tribe. Like, what are you talking about? Melchizedek, talking about priests, talking about Aaron and Levitical law. Jesus was not human made. Jesus was not man made. Jesus was God in the flesh. Though he was completely man, he was also completely God. He belonged to a different tribe and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. And not until Jesus came as a baby, grew up as a man, sacrificed himself for our sin, do we understand and know that we have such phenomenal, phenomenal resource.
access to the throne of God, to who Jesus is, belong to a different tribe. This is to share and partake in, take part in. And what does Jesus tell us? As I read earlier, he is the vine, we are the branches. Jesus is inviting us to understand this truth, this different tribe, that we don't look like the culture around us. We don't talk like those that uh, we've always heard, but we know because God has changed us from the inside out how we should live. I'm cautioned as I pause to share this, but there used to be old time, and this is like years old time, not so old time revival services where they would have a barber on hand. And so when somebody became a Christian, they would cut their hair and give them a shave and just make them look right. And sometimes we try to make the outside match the inside, but Jesus wants to work on the inside more than the outside. He will get to the outside in his time if you need a haircut. Or if you don't, God will get there. But we need to understand that the different tribe is Jesus is that statement playing chess. When we're playing checkers, Jesus has something all different in mind, and he has something the best in plan in store for us. As we look at verse 14, for it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. It is clear, it is evident, it is so real that we need to trust what God is doing. We need to trust this Jesus of the Bible. We need to understand that what he says to do, it is our mandate as followers of Jesus to follow, to obey, to believe. It's clear. It's evident. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginnings of days or end of life resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. This is talking about Melchizedek, as we learned last week, and that comes from uh, Genesis, how Abraham gave him a tenth, how there was something very unique about Melchizedek. He was foreshadowing. He was a representation of Jesus, this real-life Jesus that we understand now. And so in verse 13, it says, without genealogy, Jesus does not have the human genealogy that gives worth, whether it's the royals or whether it's those that have kingdoms. Jesus is the kingdom. He represents God the Father as we have the ability to do as followers of him. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life, on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. This is God who we're talking about. This is Jesus who we dare say we love. This is the one that is compelling us to drop everything, surrender, and follow him. This was not manufactured through human thought or by human means. This is not something somebody wise came up with. This is Jesus who came that we might have life. It's foolishness to those that hear the name of Jesus or say the name of Jesus as a cuss word that take us name in vain. It is foolishness to those that don't understand the power and presence, the freedom and healing that he gives. And if you are lost, if you are in trouble, if you need a miracle, if you need a savior, just call on the name of Jesus because he is not manufactured from other people, but he is truth. He is life. On the basis of the power 
of an indestructible life. This is Jesus. This is the priest who came that he might intercede on our behalf. This is not going through humans so we can uh, just speak to them and unload and take that burden off. But this is Jesus who we can take that burden off and he will wipe away. He will make new. He will make clean. We go to Hebrews 7, 16. We find these words once again. One who has become a priest, not on the basis of regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. So it's not what you do, your good deeds, but it's who Jesus is that gives us freedom to live and to love like him. This is Jesus who we're reminded of the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Life to the full. This is what God is saying is available to us, that we can have freedom, that we can have knowledge of him, that we can make Sunday morning or Sunday at four relevant to Monday at six or Tuesday at three, or if you have babies or newborns, two in the morning, God is relevant. And God is saying you can have abundant life and have it to the full. He's calling us to spiritual formation, and it begins with surrender. Following cannot be separated from believing. A lot of people say, I believe in Jesus, but do they really follow Jesus? You might say, I believe in God, but are you truly following who he is, what he has for you, what he's calling us into. This is, as I mentioned last week, the foundation for a Christian's life is knowing the Bible. It's scripture. It's reading the Bible. It's prayer. That's developing the relationship, growing up in, in him as his, maturing, knowing your identity. And if you're wondering about your identity of what the church quote-unquote, would say is your identity or what the culture would say is your identity. Go to Scripture and understand what God is saying is for you. If you want to grow, then you need to deny yourself. You need to develop as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. You need to make that discipline and commitment to be like Him. If everyone had my commitment to this local church, how healthy would Living Hope Wesleyan be or become? And I would say to you, if everyone had your commitment to this local church, how healthy would Living Hope Wesleyan Church become? I say become because it's important to understand it's a process that we are growing, that we're developing, that God says, if perfection could have been attained through human means, then great, but there would have been no need for Jesus to come. But since Jesus came, it reveals that we have such a need for him that it's not in our own efforts, but it's in our surrender to allow him to work on in and through us to accomplish more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. This is what Jesus wants to do. So I put up a couple of things that I do, just daily devotion. Some people just uh, wonder, Jeff, how do you uh, get in the Bible every day? Well, it's six Bible apps that I start with. They all have a verse a day, and then from there I go. But I hold myself accountable by posting. And yes, uh, for some I overpost, but for me, it provides accountability. So I use the YouVersion Bible app. I use the Christian Standard Bible app. I use the iDisciple Bible app. Bible Gateway has a good Bible app. The Logos Bible is also a free Bible app. And then I use Today in the Word. Today in the Word is a 
free Bible app. So I use these six free Bible apps to get me going, to get me started in what's taking place in my day. And then I understand that God is saying that you need to belong, that you are welcome at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You are welcome by our campfire as long as you've gotten a vaccine and wear a mask and we stay physically distanced. You are welcome. You can belong no matter your past, no matter your beliefs. You can belong and be a part but when you believe, that's when you are accepted into the family of God. That's when you understand your inheritance, that you are a co-heir with Jesus. And then we become like Jesus. We become like him. It takes spiritual discipline, spiritual formation that allows us to understand that God has something very important for us, and we finish with Hebrews 7 18 through 19. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. I want to read this again, and I want to say this would be your verse or verses of the week. Write these down. This is something with reading the Bible, it might be difficult. Uh, we have an aunt, Bethany's aunt, my aunt too, I guess. She will read the Bible and write the Bible out. And sometimes it helps with your memory. It helps with uh, ruminating, as we talked before, meditating on Scripture, that we don't just read it, but we listen to it, we think about it, we ponder it, we go back to it, we read it. And the former regulation is set aside because it is weak and useless to think your good works are going to accomplish anything. In yourself. And what a better hope was introduced by which we draw near to God. We draw near to Jesus. We understand that we only do good works, good deeds out of our love for God, not because we're trying to earn love from God. It's not, well, if I show up online at nine, go to the Zoom fellowship, show up in person at four and part of a life group and then go to a prayer meeting that I'm closer to God and God loves me more. No, it's more we love Jesus and because we love Jesus, we desire to learn more about him and we can't help but share his freedom, his healing, his hope, his peace with others. We can't help but tell others that there is such joy in knowing Jesus that though people might make Make fun of you, though you might get uh, put last on a basketball team, pick last on a basketball team, uh, it's okay. And that might be more because I can't make a foul shot than somebody just saying that I'm bad. But I digress. What people put so much stock in, where people place their security, according to scripture, it, it is weak and useless. It has no eternal value. But as we draw near to God, we understand our value as his. As we draw near to him, as we understand his word, as we begin to read and meet with others and ask God for his wisdom, we know that his love is for us no matter what. And Jesus won't cancel you. Jesus will love you and love you and love you. So will you, will I, surrender to his love so that he could do great things through our lives. 
if perfection could have been obtained by human means, by how you grew up or who your parents were or who you could pay, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But historical fact has revealed we need Jesus. Historical fact has revealed Jesus. His body has never been found. His corpse, his bones have never been recovered. This Jesus is our hope. This Jesus is the one we draw near to God with, about, and for. So Jesus, we say thank you for loving us that much. We say thank you, Jesus, that it's not about our own effort, but it's by listening and knowing you and just following you wherever you lead us. It's not just believing that you are good, but it's following you and experiencing your goodness. Jesus, we just thank you so much because we can call on your name and know that you care. We can believe in you, not just on Sunday morning or Sunday at four, but we can follow you Monday through Saturday and all the times in between knowing that you love us and you have a plan for us. So God, as you go, may we courageously and confidently follow you, experiencing the abundant life that you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.